everyone and welcome to a special edition of Footy Talks with Stephen Caldwell. We're going to be talking about the, the Bundesliga today, which is obviously the first domestic league in Europe that's starting up, the, the, the league that everyone's going to be looking at this weekend because there's no other football. And I'm really excited for this because I think the Bundesliga is a league of great quality. And I think it's often the, the forgotten sister as such when it comes to La Liga and Premier League. Many other leagues around Europe are, are you know, talked about in, in, in more glowing terms in the Bundesliga. And I think that's disappointing. I think it's unfair in a lot of occasions. And so to come on with me today, I'm delighted to announce a, a very good friend of mine, uh, Fox, uh, NYCFC Games. This guy's been around. He's played the game at a level. We've known each other since we were, I guess, teenagers, uh, early teenagers. And uh, he's the fantastic Ian Joy. Thanks for coming on, mate. Thank you very much, Stevie. It's great to see you. I hope everybody out there is doing well and staying safe. Yeah, thanks, mate. We are, and, and same to you and your family, of course, in these crazy times. And uh, you and I have, have obviously played against each other, played with each other through youth football in Scotland, kept an eye on each other's careers. And, and, and now we're over here in North America. We get to bump into each other from time to time. And it's brilliant to see you, mate, on the Zoom call and to do this podcast with me. Uh, I'll jump right into it, I guess. Let's get into the, the action as such. And I think before this break, there was no doubt in most people's minds that Bayern Munich were heading for another title. They had went 13 games without losing. The, you know, the, the one draw was against Leipzig at home. Mm-hmm. They were putting along. They were scoring a lot of goals. They looked absolutely formidable. Now, with this break, does it give everybody maybe a little chance, not knowing how everyone's going to start back again, to maybe get a touch closer and indeed jump above them in the Bundesliga race. Yeah, well, I think first and foremost, I like what you said at the top there about the respect for the Bundesliga. I think now people, after going through so much time of no sport, to get live sport back and for it to be the Bundesliga is a great thing for this league because people are going to find a new respect for the league. And I think, realistically, the Bundesliga is probably very excited about this because maybe we'll find some new fans watching the German soccer going forward as well. Um, yeah, to answer your question, Bayern Munich were flying high, Stevie. I mean, they were on cruise control on path, on direction to win another title. I couldn't see any team stopping them because they were performing so well. You had to go all the way back into December since they had that last defeat. So there's no doubt in my mind had this break not taken place that Bayern Munich themselves would have gone on and and picked up another title. But yeah, this break seems to have come at an unfortunate time for Bayern Munich. You know, you're you're doing things, everything correctly. You're, You're performing well. They're starting to really get into a rhythm. I still think there was more to come from Bayern Munich. And we probably would have seen that between the break and the end of the season within the final nine games. But they didn't give a chance to do that. So now having this break, where's the fitness levels? You know, Bayern Munich are notoriously slow starters when it comes to the beginning of the season. And I think this is going to have to be a new beginning to the season for Bayern Munich. If their players are ready to rock and roll, I believe they'll go into cruise control once again and win another title. But I am a little bit concerned, Stevie, because you know it's not easy going through fitness regimes at home, having to train in small groups, then preparing for a match when they've had 10 days to do so. I'm not so sure that's so easy for players at Bayern Munich or players in the Bundesliga full stop. But I think Bayern Munich are just the elite athlete. They're the elite club in the Bundesliga, so you would expect them to come firing out on all cylinders for the players to be excited to be back out on the field. So they're the ones to beat, that's for sure. 
Yeah, it's, it's a level playing field as well because everybody's been in the same boat and, and these guys are exceptional athletes and outstanding football players. I can't leave Bayern Munich without talking about Canadian international Alfonso Davies and his steep rise to worldwide prominence, it has to be said, in the last few months. And uh, his form has been absolutely outstanding. He's took his opportunity. Apart from the obvious attributes, you being a left back yourself back in the day, what do you see in his game and his potential that's, that's so special? Well, I think he surprised everybody and, and Canadian soccer fans in general. I think he probably surprised the most because they knew he was good, but they probably didn't realize he was this good and especially not at left back. And that's what surprised me, you know, being so versatile and slipping into that left back role, taking his opportunity and sort of making the position his own has been amazing. I mean, it's really been incredible what he's doing. We all knew he was a player that could get the ball, run at defenses, and create goals or score goals. We knew that. We knew he had the ability. Did he have the ability to do that in the top flight? That was the question mark. He's proven that he can do that, but to do it from left back is something completely different. Now, what happened to Alfonso Davies is, of course, Bayern Munich had a lot of injuries early on in the season in the centre-back position, and it meant that David Alaba had to slip over the centre-back and it gave an opportunity for Alfonso Davies to slot into left-back. That surprised me first and foremost, that he was even put into that position. But the way he's performed has been excellent. Now he's been rewarded a new contract. He's been given a long-term agreement there where he can relax a little bit, concentrate on his game, and improve his game. And that's what I'm waiting for now. Because he's not a defender. He's an attacker. So to put him into a left-back role, you have to new, you have to learn a new art, right? Defending is an art like you know well and truly. And I think he's got to learn a lot more in that position if he wants to make that position his going forward. I still see him as being a midfielder. I still see him as being an attacker. But at Bayern Munich, as long as they're happy playing him in that position and as long as he's happy playing there himself, there's no doubt in my mind that he could potentially make that his position for a long time at the club. So why not? Yeah, he's certainly got great potential and whether it be left back, left midfield, I think when we think of the Canadian national team, he's going to end up playing nearly every position <laughs> at some point in his career as a, a national team player, but but what a talent he is. Uh, fixtures this weekend, a lot of great ones there, but surely the pick of the bunch is Dortmund Schalke, you agree? Oh, massive fixture. I mean, I think whenever we were going to come out of this and get soccer back was going to be an interesting step. But to bring it back with the Bundesliga and Schalke away to Borussia Dortmund, <laughs> I don't think we could have asked. If you're a Bundesliga fan, you couldn't have asked for a better game to come back to. Thrust into the deep end. I mean, it's a little disappointing that there's no supporters there yeah. because that's what makes this game so popular. It is the local derby and there normally is 70,000, 80,000 at these games. So to have no fans there is going to be interesting. But... It's a big game, and it's a game that Borussia Dortmund desperately need to win. If they want to have any chance of challenging for the title, which I still believe they have a chance, this is the game they got to win, and it's not an easy one. Yeah, not a great one to start on, is it, when you're, you're a bit rusty and you know you need the three points. And Yeah, you touched on that there. You know, when I think of the Bundesliga, you mentioned no supporters. I, I think of youth, I think of counter-attacking football, and I think of great stadiums and superb crowds, you know, fervent fan bases who are, you know, behind their team, singing the whole game and packing the stadium out. It's going to be really weird, isn't it, this weekend, seeing these stadiums with nobody in them. You know, you'll remember this, actually, Stevie. Back in the day when 
I didn't make the, the schoolboy team for Scotland. Yep. I turned my focus to the US and I got my opportunity as a, I think I was 14, 15 at the time to go represent uh, the US national team. And they were under 17 level at that time playing in Germany. So I went over when Paul Lambert was at Borussia Dortmund and it blew me away. I went to a Borussia Dortmund Bayern Munich game. The fans, 80,000 at the Westfalen Stadion. And of course, Paul Lambert was there and we, we followed his career and what he did at Dortmund was incredible. But what blew me away more than anything was the atmosphere in the stadium. And I couldn't quite believe how crazy they were, how much they loved football, how much they breathed the game, how passionate they were for their teams. I mean, that's what blew me away. And that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to go over to Germany at some point in my career and play. So the fans are everything in Germany. They live and die football. You know, they do have that 50 plus one ruling where they are sort of the, the backbone behind, yeah. behind clubs. So without them there, it's going to be very, very strange for players. I can't even begin to imagine being a player walking through the tunnel into an empty arena. That's going to be a strange feeling. You're going to hear every pass. You're going to hear every shout. You know, and again, the DFL, the, the Bundesliga has told clubs not to use fake noise, fake sounds or fake chants. And I think that's the right thing to do because we are in an unknown territory. Um, but this is a big loss for the game. And it just shows you the times that we're in right now. This is coming back for a reason. And the only reason that is, is it's a financial reason to save the lives of these clubs and to give the supporters a club to go to when we're through this. So I understand it, but I feel sorry for the players because as you know, Stevie, it's not easy going out there and playing with no fans. It's going to feel weird, isn't it? It's going to have that pre-season type feel. These guys probably never even play pre-season games with less than 40,000, 50,000 watching them, but it is going to be strange. But I agree with you that the authentic uh, nature of it, you know, no fake sound for the, 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 the you know, Tannoy system, I think is important. It shouldn't be there. Uh, we, we said Bayern Munich are the, you know, the pretenders to the throne, throne sorry, and it's theirs to give away. Um, if it's not going to be Dortmund, is it Leipzig or can München Gladbach or Leverkusen have a push and, and, and maybe pit uh, the great Bayern Munich? I do like Gladbach. I do like Leverkusen. I think Gladbach shot themselves in the foot. They had a chance because they were sitting top of the table yeah. for a while themselves and they let themselves down. I think European competition hurt them a little bit. Um, but Leipzig are the team that I've got my eyes on. And, and quite opposite to what happened with Bayern Munich where... Bayern were cruise control towards the title. Leipzig were cruising sort of out of the top three if they continued the way they were playing because they were dropping points. Yeah. They were also very tired, dealing with competition from the domestic cup, the German cup, but also dealing with Champions League and how well they've done. It took its toll on a young squad of players that were slightly inexperienced, maybe were, were given a little bit too much playing in the starting 11 where you had the consistent starting 11 instead of rotating the squad. Nagelsmann probably learned a little bit from that. So this break might have come at the perfect time for someone like Leipzig, where a lot of those players have actually got time to rest, to rejuvenate, to recover, to mentally prepare for the final nine games and just go for it. They're still five points away from Bayern. So that's a big gap you've got to climb, but they have got some big games coming up Leipzig. And if I'm looking at Leipzig challenging, I see their running towards the end of the season as being quite favorable for them. But the first game is so vitally important against Freiburg. They've got to get past that team first, who are a tough team to play. Yeah, a tough team for sure. I, I think uh, Leipzig, and I don't know if 
there's going to be more scouts in any other game in the world than there is at Leipzig games this season with the talent that they have. Obviously, Werner, Sabitza, going and on. One of my favourites is a guy called Apumacano, the centre half. I think he's absolutely standing and he's he's tailor made and, and and set for a higher level of football at some point. No disrespect to Leipzig, but we think at Jaden Sancho and the the. the the talk that he gets coming back to England, uh, Kai Havertz, some of these superstars that are, are going to move on to the Real Madrid's, the Barcelona's, the cities, the Chelsea's of this world. Is there anyone else that's maybe a little bit less known that you think has a, a really bright future ahead of them? You know, that's a great question. It really is. And, and it's a question that should be asked more, I think, when anyone's talking about the Bundesliga. Because it's notorious for giving young players an opportunity it's notorious for being a selling league now. It's notorious for creating superstars. And, and they take pride in that, the Bundesliga, of yeah. being the league that creates the stars. Because if you look at the transfers going out of the Bundesliga over the last three, four years, hundreds and hundreds of millions of, of dollars are going out in transfers. And it's, it's incredible. Everybody knows about the big names, the Timo Werners and, of course, the Kai Havertzes of the world. Jadon Sancho's doing well. And those clubs produce good quality players. And I, I do like Papamecano as well. I think he's another one that's got a real chance of playing at the very highest level. Um, but someone who's maybe slightly less known is, my opinion, a lesser-known club in Freiburg. But I've got to go where Gianluca uh, Valdschmidt. I think he's a, a fantastic baller. You might not know the name. Anyone who doesn't follow the Bundesliga might not know who he is because he's the type of player that's gone from Hamburg, who got relegated to Freiburg, and he started to score goals at Freiburg, get recognized by the German national team where he's been given an opportunity to play at the highest level, and he's proven himself. He had an unfortunate start to this season where he got injured, but I think given a good run of games and given an opportunity where he consistently plays week in and week out with no injuries, he's got a real chance of being a 20-plus goal scorer, especially in the Bundesliga. But what I want to see from Waldschmidt is I want to see him play at the elite level. I want to see him play in the top three of the Bundesliga or put him into the top six of the Premier League. And, and if you get a lot of talent around him, I mean, if you put him into a Borussia Dortmund, this guy could score 30-plus goals a year. He's that good. He's a deadly player, a young player who's exciting. He's got a big future ahead of him and certainly one that everybody who's just learning about the Bundesliga now should watch out for. Yeah, there was some talk about him going to Tottenham Hotspur, I think, in January with the, the striker issues that, that they had. And, you know, when you think about the price with the, the, the modern market, it was sort of 20-ish million, which is, is pretty cheap. You know, you said he puts the ball in the back of the net. What's some of his other attributes as a striker? What makes him special? Well, he's still only young. You know, he's yeah. only 23 years old, so he's got a lot to learn about the game. And I guess that is also very attractive to, to a lot of teams now. They go for these younger players. You know, back when we played Stevie, 27, 28 would be probably the age where you'd get these high transfer fees. Yeah. Now that's dropped. Now that's like 21, 22, 23 years old that all the money's been spent. So he's in the right category right now. Um, he's a tall player as well. He's got a good bit about him in the air, but what I like about him most is his finishing. Of course, he's a deadly finisher. He plays off the last defender. He's got great timing, great vision. Plays off the shoulder, difficult to mark. If you're that central defender, he's the one that's always trying to sit on your side and get one touch away from you if the pass comes in right. He only needs a yard of space to get his finish away. I think he's, he's been underestimated in the Bundesliga where nobody really expected him to produce the goals that he has scored for Freiburg. 
people sort of expected this type of player to come in to Freiburg after struggling a little bit through their youth ranks and then into the first team at Hamburg, who were eventually relegated, and expect him to be a 10-goal-plus player. But he's not that. I think he's more than that. I think he's the type of player that, if you underestimate him, he can beat you 1v1. He's got the pace to get past you. He only needs that yard of space around the top of the box or inside the penalty area to be deadly enough. And unfortunately, this year he did struggle with injury a little bit. So he's been stuck to, I think, about nine or ten appearances. But he's already got five goals this season. So, you know, he's got a good score, goal-scoring ratio. He's the type of player that I think you will see playing in the top half of the Premier League. Or I would like to see him stay in the Bundesliga for maybe another year or two in one of the top three. Yeah, excellent stuff. We'll need to keep an eye on him for sure. And Freiburg are one of the teams that I've noticed there's been some my old club, Sunderland, have had a, a, a partnership with Cologne and everyone's sort of picking their, their German team and, and a lot of cool cool people are saying, okay, don't pick one of the obvious ones. Is Freiburg one of the, the teams? I know you've played for, for Hamburg, Ingolstadt, obviously FC St. Pauli. Mm-hmm. Who, who would you recommend for someone maybe new to the Bundesliga as a kind of a cool team, a different pick. Well, I mean, there's only one team in Germany for me, and that's St. Pauli, but they're unfortunately oh. not in Bundesliga 1. So, I mean, there's so many cool teams you could go for, right? I mean, the fans, the fan culture there, if you're going to watch a game, everybody looks at the big guns. Going to watch a Schalke, a Dortmund, a Bayern, a Gladbach. I've really enjoyed going to Gladbach. Cologne, great cities, great fan culture. But I like the smaller clubs. Stevie, I, I like the Freibergs who have got a small little stadium yeah. that's in the middle of a forest. I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere. And it's beautiful. I actually played there once. It was fantastic to play in that atmosphere as well. Very family-orientated. Um, Union Berlin, another club in the capital. They're sort of like on the other side of the, the capital compared yeah. to where Hertha Berlin are. Um, they have a big game coming up against Bayern, unfortunately, with no fans, which is difficult for clubs like Union Berlin because their supporters groups are are amazing. I mean, they're sort of like this punk style, liberal, crazy political club that they make noise and yeah. they really are the 12th man. I'll give you a great story about Union Berlin. During the World Cup, they invited all the supporters to come watch on the big screen. But to get inside the stadium, you had to bring your own sofa with you to come and watch it. <laughs> so you had, I think it was like a thousand people turned up with their own sofa. That's amazing. took it into the stadium. They plonked it down and had the big screen up for the World Cup final. And, and there's images out there if people want to go look for it. Yeah. Union Berlin doing things like that. I love the fan culture there, Stevie. That's yeah. why I wanted to go there. And it goes to your earlier question. The atmosphere is second to none. And at most clubs in Germany... Anyone who's from the outside is always welcome. So I'd like to see people really start to learn about the Bundesliga and then take a trip over there and you won't regret it. Yeah, I love it. What a brilliant story. And, and maybe there'll be people's, the, the, the listeners will, will choose Union Berlin as the club to support. Um, US international Weston McKenney, playing for Schalke, of course, uh, with David Wagner, who was in English football with Huddersfield for a while. Uh, it's having a good season, but I saw some controversial quotes recently where he said that you know he's ready for the Premier League and he wants to move to a top six club playing European football. And you know it sort of made me sit back a little bit because while there's many parts of his game that I really like, I do think he's got a lot to learn. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, I do like Weston McKinney, and I think he's um, he's been thrown in at the deep end at Schalke many times. A lot of changing coach. 
a lot of unrest outside of the coaching ranks and are outside of the, the game, really, behind the scenes. Makes it difficult for players. But Weston sort of handled it pretty well and, and always put himself in contention for a starting 11 spot where he has performed well. And, and there's not, I'm not taking anything away from his game, but I still think there's a lot more to come from him. You know, statistically, I like to see him score more. Statistically, I'd like to see him create more because he is the type of player that will make his run in and around that penalty box when they're on the counter-attack. He's a great defender as far as his timing on challenges in that defensive midfield role. But I still think a little lack of discipline in his game is shown sometimes. Picking up silly yellow cards and putting himself at risk of receiving a red card. Um, I'd like to see him be a bit more vocal on the field. I'd like to see him be a bit more of a leader, not only for Schalke, but also for the U.S. national team as well. Um, and, and some of the stuff that happens around Weston McKinney off the field is a little immature for me, and it's too immature for my liking. So I'd like to see him cut out the social media stuff that he has been doing. And I know he's been warned by the club to cut out a lot of the things that he was doing, focus a little bit more on his game, try to improve his strength a little bit. His fitness is uh, obviously very, very good, but I still think he can be stronger. And I want to see him be more consistent in the Bundesliga. Before you start to think about going to a top team in the Premier League or even going to a Dortmund or a Bayern or even to a Gladbach, who I say is a big club. I mean, Schalke is a great club. But to a top team that's going to be challenging for Champions Leagues, I want to see him perform consistently well. I want to see his stats improve. I want to see him be a bit more respectful towards his teammates and his club and show some respect to what he's doing right now in the Bundesliga because he's a key part to what Schalke are doing, and David Wagner relies on him heavily at that club. Yeah, I completely agree with you there, especially on the, the immaturity. But I think that there is a bit of immaturity in his, uh, his off-the-field stuff, but then I, I see that on the field. Um, and, and you said the word there, consistency. If this guy wants to be a leader of his national team and he wants to play at that level that he's talking about, Need to see more consistency from him. From him, we are rooting from, of course, because uh, you know we want to see everyone do well. But I agree with you. There's a bit to go before he's at their levels. So from from Weston McKinney to another U.S. international and Josh Sargent, who's playing at a, a struggling Verde Bremen in the the, the uh, relegation zone at the moment in the Bundesliga, um, struggling for goals. I think most strikers would be struggling for goals at Bremen at the moment, but. What's went wrong with his game? He seems to be dropping down the pecking order, club and country. How does he get back up there? And, and tell us a bit about Werder Bremen. Can they get out of this trouble or are they indeed going to go to Bundesliga? They're in trouble, no doubt about it, Stevie. I mean, they are in that position for a reason, inconsistency. Um, and, and you're spot on there in saying that they've struggled to score goals. I think the largest problem I've seen from Werder Bremen has been I guess the lack of consistency between the head coach, Florian Kohlfeld, and the team. Uh, the team has obviously tried to respond after losing Max Kruse, and they never really replaced him. He was their captain. He was the talisman. The guy who scored goals, took the penalty kicks. He liked to take free kicks. I mean, the complete leader of Werder Bremen. With him, you always had a chance of winning games. Without him, you're hopeful of winning games. And they've been that this year a little bit boring. They've been a little frustrating to watch. And I think they've got to be very careful. They're second bottom of the table right now. They do have a game in hand. Um, and Werder Bremen's situation is quite interesting. But because of this virus and the restrictions around that region, 
they've basically been forced to train later than all the other clubs in the Bundesliga, which is why they're starting their season again on Monday instead of uh, at the weekend, Saturday or Sunday. So they've been given an extra bit of time to get up to scratch. And Josh Sargent's a big reason for that as well. When he's been asked upon to score goals, he hasn't taken his chance. I think he's an excellent player. There's no doubt about it. He's got something about him. Um, he's got a good attitude. He likes to work hard. I've, I've obviously heard a lot about what he does in training sessions, and you can see it in games as well. He wants it. He's got a desire. You know, he really wants to score goals. But I've been a little disappointed with his um, composure in and around the penalty area. Of course, you have to have and rely on teammates to create chances. If you don't have that as a goal scorer, it's going to be very frustrating for you. And he's looking like a frustrated player. But at times when you're at the bottom of the table, Stevie, and, and we know that well, right? We've played at the top and we've played at the bottom. When you're at the bottom, you need to sometimes work extra hard to make it happen for your team. And when you get that chance, you've got to take it. At the top flight, if you don't take your chance, you won't be there for long. And I've had the same discussion with so many former U.S. soccer players who are banging the drum about Joe Sargent being a U.S. soccer striker. He is too inconsistent for me, and he's got to be very, very careful. If he doesn't score important goals between now and the end of the season, if he does play, then Werder Bremen could get relegated. Yeah, I, I think it's the worst position to play. When you're in a struggling team, uh, you're a striker, you're getting very limited chances. Is that a confidence thing? You think it's a confidence thing? Well, usually it is when these guys are getting you know, uh, very few chances. They've not scored a lot of goals in the season. They're struggling along. The chance comes along. They're tense. Is that the way he's playing right now? Does he have to try and loosen up, maybe relax a little, and it'll happen for him? Or is it more a case of working harder? He works very hard. Yeah. You can't question his, his mentality and his work rate because he, he does work very hard. And he puts himself into some excellent positions. But we've all played with those strikers, Stevie, who in yeah. training are excellent, right? But throw them into deep end in a game and they, they just can't seem quite to pull it out. And I think he's been that type of player. I mean, he has to be careful because if you look at Bobby Wood, former U.S. international who played at Hamburg, didn't quite perform at the top flight, but was a very good second division striker. He could go down that path if he's not careful because given the opportunity in the top flight, you've got to snap it up. And I think now you're starting to see a little bit of desperation coming into Werder Bremen. Uh, they went recently and brought in Davy Zelka. Um, he was at Hertha Berlin and at Leipzig before that. Um, a big striker. He was at Bremen as, as a kid, so they know him well. And that maybe pushes Josh Sargent out the door just a little bit. So his chance may have come and gone. But if he does play between now and the end of the season, they have 10 games left. He's got to take his chances, Stevie. Otherwise, he's very quickly going to find himself out of the top flight. Yeah, top level of football is absolutely ruthless. And uh, again, a big, big few weeks and maybe a month or two for him coming up. Uh, Ian, Thanks again. I love having you on, mate, because I always get frank, open discussion with you. There's a lot of people that think we have the same voice when they just hear us calling MLS games, so they'll probably struggle to understand who's speaking at what time through this podcast. But pleasure, mate. It's been absolutely great, in-depth analysis on Bundesliga. Excited to really get into it myself this weekend and to, to watch the games thoroughly. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, mate. And stay safe, keep the family safe, and hope to see you soon. 
Hey, thank you so much for having me on, Stevie. I'm very proud of what you've done, obviously, through your career and following your career also into broadcasting and becoming a big name up there in Canada where the Canadian fans I love. They're so passionate about their sport. They get behind you, and you're doing a great job bringing the coverage to them. So I'm proud of you, buddy. Stay safe, look after yourself, and love to the family as well. Thanks, mate. See you soon. What a man. Thanks, mate. And apologies again for that double take, but... We'll laugh about this for years, probably. <laughs> no worries, brother. You're a good man, mate. I'll speak to you soon. Let me know if I can help you. Anything. I owe you any favour you want now, I owe you. So. <laughs> uh, you can just buy me a pint next time we go out. Sounds good. See you, mate. Take care. Look after yourself. Yes, Later. Sir.